Welcome to Percolated Media Presents. I am your host, Garrett Collins. And as you might tell from our intro song, I have a very fun interview with Paige Troxel, who is the director, co-director of a fantastic documentary that we will talk a lot about called Fred Heads. Talks about the fandom behind A Nightmare on Elm Street. And there are things in this, and we get into it in the interview, that I had no idea about when it comes to Nightmare on Elm Street fandom, and uh, I recommend everybody check that out. Also, stay tuned after the interview. I will talk about future, the next retrospective, and also things about this interview that I'm kind of bummed about. But, all right, without any further ado, here's Paige. And as promised, this is a brand new interview. I am joined by... A woman whose movie, my goodness, I have so much to say about this movie that I have had the pleasure of watching, Miss Paige Troxel. Is that how you say that? Yeah, you got it correct. Oh, Nobody sweet. ever gets it correct. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an, I, was, I have an English degree, so every once in a while that comes into play. No, I love it. Nobody ever gets my last name correct. <laughs> Perfect. How are you? I'm good. I'm so good. I'm 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 so excited to like talk shop and talk to like another fellow nightmare fan. How are you doing? Fantastic. Big nightmare fan here and I I want to get into something here. So around 2014-2015 I thought, you know, I was trying to get into the film business and I was trying to add as many people as I could. Your name popped up. I added you on Facebook and we've been Facebook friends for a while. I seriously feel like this movie that we're talking about today, Fred Heads, I have been hearing about since probably about 2015. Is that safe to say? Uh, about. We, so we uh, announced it in 2016. So in 2016, we announced it. And then in 2017, we started shooting film ourselves. But we have like 2016. So it's been a while. It's been a, it's been a few years. And so I feel like all I do is talk about it on Facebook. So I'm sure... You guys have like seen so many millions of things of it on your own Facebook. I always feel so guilty. Don't feel guilty. It's called promoting. It's perfectly okay. <laughs> <laughs> Especially since okay, so when it comes to documentaries, I I do go to Never Sleep Again quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. I've wa- I watch that movie probably once every couple years because I yeah, I I just have a big thing for that whole the way they dive into that series is amazing and i gotta be honest Paige. you know when this idea came up i wasn't sure if i was ready for another nightmare on elm street documentary i was just thinking you know i think i know everything i need to know about this series i don't know how interested i would be even in a documentary about a series that i do hold pretty near man this thing goes to places i did not even imagine where did the idea of this documentary, Fred Heads, come up? Well, first of all, I love that you said that, and I appreciate that you said that. Um, we felt the same way. So we feel like Never Sleep Again is 
so absolutely amazing that, like, we didn't want to tell that story again. I mean, how many times can you hear the same story about Nightmare One and the body bag sequence or the the room Mm -hmm. thing or the Johnny Depp blood splatters or we've, as Nightmare fans and as a general pop culture, we've heard these stories so many times and then with Never Sleep Again, it just kind of was like the definitive one, you know? And so other documentaries in the Nightmare on Elm Street space that, that do well, that aren't um, Never Sleep Again, are like I Am Nancy or the Screen Queens doc that was, you know, mm. Roman Tyler did that for, for Mark Patton. And those were so niche and so centralized. And I, I saw another fandom documentary on, like, a totally different fandom. It wasn't anything to do with, like, horror and I said to my friends, we were, we had just made a, a fan film. And I said to my friends, like, why does, why does the Fredheads not have this? Like, why do we not have this? And we kind of like tossed the idea around and we were traveling and I was watching Never Sleep Again. And in it, in the bonus features, they casually mention the term Fredhead and they casually bring up um, that were all Fredheads. There's something about, like, Robert called us it, or something, somewhere in there, they talked about it, it was casual, and it was like a light bulb went off. And I was like, oh my gosh, the Fredheads. Like, that's what it needs to be. We're the Fredheads, and let's tell our story. We hear these stories at every convention we go to. Our stories are, are kind of cool. So why don't we, why don't we show what this community is, and that way we don't have to necessarily talk about the facts of the film. You know, we don't have to say the same repetitive stories and you're not going to see essentially the same 10 people on screen that mm. you've seen in other, every other documentary. Like, let's flip it on its head and kind of, kind of show why we're obsessed with it and why it's such a pop culture phenomenon. Like, people know it is. People know it's Freddy Krueger and he's iconic. But, like, let's show why A Nightmare on Elm Street really is iconic and the, the, like, underbelly of the fandom. And so we thought, let's put these personal diaries on film. And that's what we did. And we hope that it comes off that way. We hope that it transcends. It it really does. And it, it, it shows you something. You know, this is a series that is, let's be honest, this, this, this has a lot of murdering, a lot of killing in this series. But yet you guys make it to the point where the, the fandom makes it so endearing. And, you know, just a few of the things I noticed while watching the documentary that I, I feel everybody should check out, especially people who are huge Freddy fans. Few things I found in common. One, bullying. Big part of this documentary. I feel like almost everybody you interviewed has that in common. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that something that just kind of happened organically, or did you guys pre-interview and kind of make that a central part? Because bullying is a huge part of culture, unfortunately, when you, when you turn on the TV. Yeah, you know, so... My story was I was severely bullied. And then Anthony's story, he was severely bullied. Um, and some of the other Fredheads, like, they were bullied, but, like, they didn't, like, really share that aspect of it. And so we kind of all bonded in that element. And we knew that those were the stories that we were going to tell. Um, and when we opened submissions, we I believe we were the first documentary to ever open submissions worldwide to have people submit their own footage and partake like they were being interviewed. Mm-hmm. And we we set aside like 12 questions. And um, the first five were like, you know, what's your favorite piece in the collection? Who's your favorite, you know, and I ran on Treat Star. We thought those were the things people were going to want to talk about. And then we had some like fluff questions that people didn't have to answer if they didn't want to. And every 
single person, for the most part, that Mary all talked about it as survival. And a lot of people talked about how they used it to cope with their bullying and how bullied they were. And, and it was the fight for their survival. And when we got that footage, it was probably one of the most cathartic things for myself and Kim, uh, my co-producer and co-director and co-editor. Um, it was very cathartic for us because we had, we knew that we weren't alone and we had kind of heard some of these stories, but just to see the influx of people who just share that commonality. It just, it was absolutely amazing for us. And we knew that's then what the documentary had to be. We originally were going to make it like a collection documentary, like a collector's documentary. We filmed in Jeremy's basement like three or four times his collection and his story on his pieces. And Mm -hmm. we thought people were going to send that stuff in and nobody did. We got maybe a couple of people sharing like the NECA figures and stuff that like everybody kind of has. And it was just like a one and done. They were more so just wanting to share their story of survival. Interesting. About how many submissions did you guys get? Uh, we had hundreds. Um, we got hundreds. And obviously we couldn't use them yeah. all. But we did find like little fun ways to try and maybe feature a flash of submissions. Um, one of the things I love in it is the spider web where mm. they talk about the connection of, of all the people and making friends in the community. And we thought that would be a really good way to showcase people that we couldn't tell their story, but at least they're getting a glimmer and a, and a glance of their image in the documentary. Yeah. yeah. How was that process like? I mean, you guys put it out there that we're, we're, we're taking submissions for um, this documentary, uh, what was what was it like to thin all that out? That must have been some pretty heavy discussions. Yeah, we my now my now husband at the time we were just dating, but he was running all the submissions, and so he would handle all, everything, and he would like review everything. He'd upload it on the drive, and then he'd respond to them. And we just let it sit in the drive for a little bit. We, Kim and I knew that we were going to have to prepare ourselves to go through it. And, and it was going to be such a, a feat to go through all of this footage. Mm-hmm. And we, we had like teeter tottered a little bit. And then finally we decided, okay, we're just going to take a weekend and we're going to start. And what took a weekend, it turned into several months. And we just, we went through, I think, like, 10 notebooks. We got, like, super old school and just wrote every single thing. We watched every single second of footage that was sent to us and made notes on every single thing. So if somebody talked about Alice or they talked about, um, you know, Andres' character, you know, Rick, if they talked about Nancy or Freddie, we were making notes on the, the minute mark of where they were and what they said, anything that stuck out to us and somebody's story and then we took another couple months and compared all of the notes and that's what then allowed us to to build everybody's story but it was a lot it was a huge undertaking and we don't know if we would necessarily do an open submission call again on another documentary just because it was incredibly overwhelming and it was a lot um it was a lot of stress on our shoulders because we felt bad with Mm -hmm. the people that we couldn't use and we wanted to use as many people as we could, but a lot of people, their footage was really bad. And it was, you couldn't even make out their faces in yeah. some of them. And so we, we kind of picked and choose based on quality and then also what people said. 
Mm. Yeah, because I, I notice in a lot of it, like you mentioned Nancy, like there's a lot of Nancy talk in this. Mm-hmm. You guys focus a lot on this uh, certain amount of characters in this. And so I, I think it was that kind of a thing with you guys where, okay, we need to find what's common here and kind of edge that material out and kind of compare it with others and then put that in as you guys are talking about the Nancy footage. Because you guys talked about that a lot because Deandra, is, you know, she, she cosplays as her a lot. And I thought that was really cool, actually. Um, was that something you guys kind of look for? Okay, what what character do they really, really focus on? Right. That's exactly what it was. So we knew um, we knew the importance of Nancy to this franchise. And for us, it has always been about Nancy. And so there's that duality of, you know, she represents the light and he represents the dark. And so you can't have one without the other. And if you look at A Nightmare on Elm Street as the first film as a whole, the film is really about Nancy Thompson. And it's really about her struggle. And Freddie's in it for only a mere few minutes mm-hmm. and so they balance each other out and so for us we always knew that nancy was going to have a section we didn't know it was going to be as big as it was um but the fans directed that and so we always say this documentary truly is a fan documentary because they've guided the entire story so that's why a lot of the nightmare four stars are in it because so many people relate to a nightmare on elm street part four we thought we were going to get a ton of dream warrior stuff And what we did get of Dream Warriors, we used for sure. But a lot of fans really connect with Dream Master and the characters of like Rick and Sheila and Alice. And that's why it was so important for us to then go out and film with them and get their side and and their story and how the fans affect them. And so had they mentioned more of the other characters or more of the stars, I'm sure we would have featured more of them in there. But this is really what they chose. I'm glad you mentioned Nightmare 4 because that's a great transition into my foot in the door of Nightmare on Elm Street. I I was 11 years old. I was at a birthday party, of all things, and somebody had rented Nightmare 4, and I had never seen any Freddy movie whatsoever. And my mom was actually friends with the parents of the person whose birthday party this was. And I went to her. I'm like, Mom, can I watch this? And she's like, okay, since it's a birthday party, go ahead. And I just fell in love with it, fell in love with those characters, fell in love with that movie. Uh, I had it on videotape. I had, I ended up getting the whole box set. And, you know, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Now, I don't have a friend. Man, I wanted that Freddy pinball machine, by the way. I, <laughs> I didn't have a Freddy pinball machine. I didn't go that far. But I was heavy, heavy into that series. And it did get me through a lot growing up. And I, I did get a, a have a really really deep connection with the, that series and it's really weird like i mentioned you know we, we covered this series we covered this series a few years ago and we we talked about the fact that how can us people get really close to a slasher series and but for somehow some way friday the 13th and this has this deep deep connection and you guys did such a good job of outlining that kind of connection and so Nightmare 4 was my gateway in, and I'm pretty sure if I had submitted and if I was, you know, if I had even known about this, I would have probably put in about Nightmare 4 because that was kind of my door in as well, you know, and I was a football player, so I, I kind of gravitated more towards the Dan Ken Sagas kind of characters, you know, but I... I- it was really, really cool seeing what you guys did. And you guys actually did get to talk to any of the, uh, talk to a bunch of the actors. Uh, how open were they to what you guys were doing? They were incredibly open. Um, every single one of them had been so giving of their time. 
because we're not, I think it's because we're not doing the same type of documentary. We're not doing the same type of interviews. You know, it's not the, what was it like to be in this scene or what was it like mm-hmm. to have this prosthetic or what was it like to be killed in this scene? It wasn't that. We, we asked them questions like, what does the franchise mean to you? What does the fandom mean to you? And they are so incredibly giving of their time because they want the fans to know, this is what you mean to me. You know, you, you've given me my entire life and my entire world. And they're, they're incredibly grateful and incredibly thankful to be a part of this series. And so for us, they just were so incredibly kind and giving and generous. And we are very appreciative of our friendships that we have built with them. And I just, I'm, I like how we featured them just sprinkled in yeah. and they're not the focus. And so they were very giving. We just approached them. We just asked them, you know, like, hey, this is what we're doing. Some of them had heard about it from some of the other uh, cast members who we, like, had started approaching before we got down the list. And so they were like, oh, my God, I've heard about this. And we filmed so many others, too, that, like, unfortunately, like, just couldn't be in the documentary because some of the footage has gotten damaged or it was shot by somebody else. And so, we, you know, legality is we weren't using it and stuff like that. And but they were all of them. There was not anyone who wasn't like, no, I don't want to be a part of this. You know, everybody was like, yeah, sure. Let's have fun. You said they had heard of it. How did you guys get word out? Did you guys just put this out on Facebook? Did you guys use all social media platforms? Did you guys um, have a, uh, have a Indigo campaign? How did this get going? So we, so there's a couple of different things that we did. So um, one of the beauties of this industry is that, everybody is all connected, right? And so on Facebook, everybody is friends in the horror, in the horror world. Mm -hmm. And there are cosplayers and, you know, you go to these conventions and you meet people and you say, oh my gosh, add me here, add me there. And so you're building this like network of of people that you know. And for us with the, the Nightmare Stars, how they heard about it is, is that we just, we've been friends with them for so long, certain ones. Um, that we just approached them and just said that. So then they told the other people. But the actual word of mouth for Fred Hens was through fans and social media. And then we did a couple fun announcements, like iHorror and Bloody Disgusting and Fangoria picked up some fun stuff very early on. We had, like, a really bad, really, really bad teaser poster. And <laughs> um, super, like, I didn't think moment and created this poster and just was trying to, like, honor West. And everybody took that poster and started posting it. Um, and so then we started getting some, like, messages from people saying, like, hey, like, you're doing a documentary about Wes Craven? And we're like, no, 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 it's not Wes Craven. Like, we're mm. not doing a documentary. We're doing a documentary about a night on Elm Street. And, and so it, that's just how it happened. And then once we um, started getting all that attention and getting the ball rolling, we already had a crowdfunding set up that we were going to launch. And so we did a Indiegogo campaign. And then... From there, we just continued to promote. I'm I'm very thankful to have DeAndre Laser and Crystal Van Etten on our team because the two of them are like social media marketing like mavens. Mm-hmm. And a lot a lot of people don't realize and, and don't know is that this documentary is produced by four women, and so I'm just so incredibly thankful for the team that we have. You know, mm. God, as somebody who has made a number of films, it's I respect all of you for you. putting this documentary together. It's definitely a labor of love. 
you can just feel it off the screen. You guys, and what's cool about it is you guys are on a round table throughout the uh, the course of it, and all of you have different stories. But the way those stories had you brought you guys together is what I think people are going to really, really gravitate to when it comes to this. That's so exciting to feel that way. Thank you, because I was ner- I'm nervous. Like I I've been nervous, but now my nerves are easing as like people are starting to see it. Our our Indiegogo. DVDs uh, got shipped out, so everybody's kind of been receiving those, and we've had some influencers who have like seen the documentary, and so we're starting to get the feedback, and my my nerves are are calming because this is kind of the general reception, and it it's like okay, people are getting it. They are getting it. Have you actually heard from any of the actors? Have you heard from Robert England? Have you heard from anybody else who has really uh, seen this and um, responded to it? We haven't because we haven't sent it to any of them. Um, I sent it to Heather. Heather's like super swamped. She's like super busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I sent it to her, and I know Kim is bringing. A, Kim is going to a convention, and so she was bringing a couple of them, the DVDs and stuff. But we haven't really heard. We haven't really reached out. We've been kind of just like waiting until after the release, and then we were going to send um, anyone who was in it. We were going to send them a copy as like a like a thank you. Um, but a couple of them have expressed, uh, like Toy has, she's been like, send it to me, I can't wait to see it. And Andras, um, is really cool. We're really close. And so he and I have been kind of talking. We're, we're going to potentially do his podcast. So I sent him the screener. And so we're just kind of waiting on their, on their responses a little bit. He seems like such a cool guy. He, He's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would love to talk to that guy he, he must have some stories 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 the parent what, what i found interesting too was you guys got the parents of a lot of these people too on mm-hmm. and i found that interesting because i don't know you know this is a in their eyes a silly slasher series so i found it funny that a lot of these parents and it's endearing that a lot of these parents actually mm-hmm. came on camera and they would talk about that like how how did you guys approach that like was that something you guys were out to do or did you guys start interviewing these people and the parents were like hey let us talk you know so so when we started this we didn't really have a plan for what we were going to do we had no clue what we were going to do but i always knew deandra's story so i've known deandra since she was really young wow like i've known her since she was like really young since she was like i think like a freshman in high school and so I've known her story and I've witnessed her story and her, the fact that she like has all that like footage that she filmed herself on her YouTube channel. Like I know her, I know her parents very well. And so I always knew that I wanted her parents to be a part of it because I, they're just as much as her part of her journey in the, the nightmare world as she is because she was so young. And so knew that and once we once we did her her parents it just kind of made sense to maybe get other people who were you know related to the the main cast and for a lot of them it was their parents their parents were like yeah sure no problem um in the case of like anthony his mom was like absolutely because she had experienced bullying herself and so she's like, I know all about this. I can, I can speak to this. And, and for me, hers was incredibly powerful, how she talked about Anthony and, and how far he's come and stuff. And then Kim's mom was just really hilarious. And Jeremy's parents were hilarious as well. And again, they just, I think they just see their crazy kids all making a movie and they're like, let's just help and, and, and do all that. And you guys are, distributing this and funding this yourselves correct correct wow 
<laughs> I'm starting to see why it's taken you yeah. about seven years to get this done, Paige. Yeah, you know what's crazy is so we've actually been done for over a year. Mm-hmm. And so we we sold it into di- distribution over a year ago, and then that distributor folded and oh, got bought God. by our current distributor. So we've been waiting for it to be released. We sold it in September of 21. And so we've just been waiting. There's that's we haven't been able to do anything. We couldn't talk about it. We had to pull out of a bunch of festivals. We were in a bunch of festivals, um, and we had to pull out of them for the distribution company. And then they just we sat on us, and they sat on us until they folded and were bought out by Bayview Entertainment. And so Bayview came in and rescued us. And they're they have a whole plan for us, but in the meantime, they're like, we need to put this out now because. You know, our fandom, the the fandom is like, we want to watch this. And for us, we're like, we've been sitting on it for over a year. We're like, we want the world to see this already. It's been done. And so they're like, yeah, we're putting out the DVD right now. And so so that's why we're we're here now. But it, it did take a long time and a lot of money. And we we always say, whatever you have your budget for your project, rip it up. Because it's not, it's going to be like double or triple. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. God most of the time triple right i've mortgaged a lot of a lot of things making films i gotta tell you how about how many hours of footage did you guys have to stretch through oh i couldn't even tell you it's thousands and thousands and thousands um i i i couldn't even tell you I, i i just i have three hard drives that are a terabyte each and Two of them are maxed out, and one of them is almost maxed out, and they are all specifically de- devoted to fredheads. Wow! And we have a two terabyte hard Google hard drive as well that's almost maxed out. Unbelievable! Yeah. And what's crazy is this movie is God. It's it's hard to believe it's almost forty years old at this point, and it yeah. seems like the fandom for this series just keeps growing. It's just, mm-hmm. and and I find that incredible. All right, so the movie's called Fredheads. It is being released. This is crazy to me. You guys are releasing it on Valentine's Day? You know, so it's so funny. Like, obviously, Halloween is, like, one of my favorite holidays. Mm -hmm. But Valentine's Day is also, it's my favorite holiday. And so I think it's, like, kismet that it's releasing. And our distribution company, they're excited for it, too, because they're, like, fall in love with Freddy all over again, you know? And we're like, oh, we love that. You know, that's that's the marketing. So even things that we've, like, sent out, we've sent out, like, Valentine's Day cards of, like, Freddie and Nancy. Oh, awesome. So, you know, like, the artwork in our, our film was done by Clark Gonzalez, the cartoon animations. Um, he and I worked on those. He did all the artwork, and then I animated them. And um, he designed a, a Valentine's Day card for us. And so we sent that out with some things that we sent to people. So the, the marketing on it is, you know, fall in love with Freddie. And uh, so it just makes sense, you know. <laughs> that does make sense. And this is, a, this is a crazy thing to ask, considering all the work and years that went into this documentary. But do you guys have any plans for anything else in the future? Or are you guys just trying to get this out first? We do. Um, several of us are working on side projects. And so, like, I know DeAndra's got a project that she is going to be announcing very soon, and I'm super excited for her. Um, Crystal's been doing stuff with her Twitch and doing side projects, and she's, um, I think she's, like, helping produce Mental Health and Horror. And then Kim and I, um, Kim is my producing partner, and so her and I are currently working on a, a, another project that I can't talk about yet. 
Um, and then Jeremy and I, Jeremy, me, and Kim are working on an anthology. And then Anthony and I are working on a script for a horror movie. So we're all, like, crazy busy. We all have, like, a bunch of stuff going on, and I feel like none of us ever have a day off. And that is the exact reason why I got out of that business, is because you never have days off. No, never. And then on top of that, we all have to have full-time jobs, because none of us, like, yeah, make money off the films. Of yet, course, you know. Yeah. So we're all working full-time jobs, so it's crazy. I... Love the fact that um, I was able to see this. It, I recommend it to anybody, not only who are fans of Freddy, to horror fans or people who feel isolated or anybody who likes documentaries. Um, and documentaries seem to be the thing. You know, lately I've seen a ton of four, five, six, seven hour documentaries out there. This one's only about 220. It goes by in a clip, especially if you're huge Freddy fans. And, um, Paige, I just I have so much respect for you. I thank you for thank coming you. on. And oh man, this 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 movie, I was not expecting to tear up, but there was a couple times when I actually did. Uh, you guys go way deep, and yeah. um, it says a lot about your guys' tenacity that you were able to get this done. Well, thank you. I I love I I don't mean to make you cry. I love making people cry, but it only <laughs> a good positive thing. But. I love it. I love that that's the reaction because that's, as a filmmaker, that's the dream is that that's, that's the goal. I, I always tell the story of our, our premiere at Horror Hound, um, that our Katie, our moderator, she's so incredibly sweet and she loves film so much. And we, we tried to warn her beforehand when we like met her for like, cause she had to watch the film and we're like, listen, like it's going to take a turn and it's going to get like real emotional. And she's like, okay. And so at our premiere, she cried four times moderating on it. She's like, I don't mean to keep crying. She was like, just, she was, I wasn't expecting that. She was like, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting to, to turn into this, even though you said that. She's like, I just didn't realize how powerful it was going to be. And for us, our thing is, is that we, we always hope that like people get it, you know, because like we know, like we understand it and we're sappy and we're, we're all that stuff. And we just hope that people get it. And we hope that like the casual viewer gets it. And at, our Q&A, you know, a couple people stood up who who are, like, avid horror fans who are into, like, the brutality of the films and all that stuff. And they stood up and, and several of them said, you know, I feel like I've been seen for the first time in my life. And that, like, to us was like, oh, my God, like, like it's the dream because that's how we felt once we got all the footage, you know. So we, we hope that it comes off that way and expresses that to the community that, has embraced us and that we love so much. Yeah, 30 years ago, when I was at my height of of this fandom, I I would watch these videotapes. I'd go to the video stores and rent them. This was before social media. We didn't know that there were other people like us out there. And you guys kind of get into this a little bit in the documentary, but it really says a lot that, you know, once... We we hear so many bad things about social media, but I think one thing about it that is a beautiful thing is the fact that it's brought people like you know I guess I can say us together, yeah. you know, and that is that is our, a beautiful, gorgeous our thing. It's through Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and it's it's I I think you guys do a good job with that too, and you guys show you know a few of the pages and things that you guys go on, and it's um it's just a it's a beautiful beautiful thing. All right. Page, I appreciate your time. I appreciate well, so everything 
you have done to get this movie out there, I recommend everybody check out Fred Heads. It will be released February 14th. And please keep us informed. Keep us in. Keep us in with whatever it is you guys do. Um, it's a beautiful thing. And I thank you for taking the time out. No, thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. All right. Have a good day. I would like to thank Paige for taking time out of her day. She's been talking about this movie, like I mentioned, it seems to have been for the last decade or so. Uh, but she took time out to talk more about it. And, you know, there were things in that interview that were really good, but goddamn, I am so pissed at myself because I wish, I wish that I could have gotten into things in that in that interview that I thought about later, like we talked as soon as we hit stop, we talked about, you know, like, Oh God, the 2010 remake. And we kind of talked about horror cons and horror conventions. And I feel bad that <laughs> that we didn't get to talk about that on the air, but I recommend everybody, please check out Fred heads. It is a marvelous documentary. It's just made with a lot of love. And if you love horror and if people who listen to this podcast, they, you guys must love horror because we find that our horror franchises get about as many clicks as the uh, big franchises that we do. So thank you all very much. But yeah, Paige, you are amazing, and I look forward to what you do next. As for the site, we are about to start the Pirates of the Caribbean retrospective. Actually, we have already recorded a few of those. Actually, everyone except the fifth one, I believe, is, has been recorded. Uh, but those start getting posted here in the next in the next few days. Um, we definitely get into a lot of Johnny Depp talk. Speaking of Nightmare on Elm Street, and we uh, we we talk a lot about the the good and the bad about that franchise. But for people who think they know what to expect while listening to those, let me tell you right now, I don't think you do. There are so many things we get into in that series, and um, there are so many feelings I have about that series that I didn't think I had until we uh, we watched those movies for the, that retrospective. So, plus, I did something a little different with the intro to that series, and I, I hope people kind of respond to it because it was a little it was way fun to do. Uh, so, please go check that out. And like I said check out fred heads gets released february 14th thank you all for listening stay tuned a hell of a lot more coming up thank you